This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Hey guys, this is Gilmy again. I am just so excited to share this show with you because once again, I just got to share the stage with friends of mine, talk professional wrestling, and have an awesome day. It started out crazy, and I, Tom, if you're listening to this, hope you get better. Uh, Tom Morton, talking with Tom, was supposed to be with us on this panel, but the morning of, he was hospitalized. And just keep keep them in your where your thoughts, guys, because he needs it. Um, Tom is a great dude. He is the guy who did all the behind the scenes work on this panel for me. I'm giving him total credit. And this is how solid of a dude Tom is. He was in the hospital, and he was texting me point after point after point it is honestly about 50 texts he sent me about all the information on this panel and it was a lifesaver it truly was because i had all these amazing talking points right at my fingertips on 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 my phone he didn't have to do any of this he really didn't and but tom being 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 the stand-up guy he is he he did it because he wanted to be there with us and he couldn't. So huge thank out, thank you to Ryan Willis to jumping on and joining the panel with us on literally like two hours two two hours notice. We he was going 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 to the London Comic Con anyway. So he he he. My buddy just steely stepped up and joined us. Big thank you to Dan Sinisak for all the research he did. And our special guest, Holden Albright, who was awesome. He was really awesome. And you know what? Thank you to all all you guys who came out, watched us. It was a different panel, a lot of pop-ins and drop-offs. and Because we did an hour and a half of straight talking and... That's a lot for anybody to listen to. And to my wonderful wife who sat there just smiling and being proud of me, thank you. She won't listen. She will not listen to this but because she doesn't listen to, to the show. And it's not because she's not proud of me or anything because she obviously is. And getting to meet so many people at the con, it was so cool. Um, I am just going to keep this one short and sweet, guys. Thank you to everybody who came, checked us out, listened, download, downloaded this. And here's the thing. If you want Gilmy Talks merch, go check out the, the Launch Cart store or Clay Studio Productions. That's where you can find it. Find it right now. And I'm just going to throw it to the panel, and I will talk to you guys on the back half. Good morning, good evening, good night. How is everybody doing out there? This is Gyomi again, and this is the Gyomi Talks panel at London Comic Con, guys. I am so happy to be here. I, it's my hometown con. I am so excited. 
And myself, I run Gilmy Talks. I run the OIW Podcast Network as well as the Johnners Network out of the UK. And on the end of the table here, my friend who's who's joining me is Holden Albright. He is a podcaster. He does this is Brent, Brendan. He has his own his own Patreon, which is amazing and an amazing deal, guys. You can check that out. Please do. One of Canada's top ten indie wrestlers, former crossbody pro wrestling champ for three years, stand-up comic, and all-around great dude who drove I think about six hours today just to be here with you. And a little bit. One of my best friends in the world, right here, podcaster to himself, Ryan Willis. He is the co-host of Gilmy and Reluctant Ryan on the Gilmy Talks Podcasting Network. He is my traveling partner all, all, all around the world, and basically my best friend who saved my butt today, who came on this panel with about two hours, two hours notice, and did not travel six hours, <laughs> and did not travel <laughs> six hours. And right beside me here, I have Dan. Uh, Dan Sinat. Uh, uh, I'm gonna mess up this name. What is it, buddy? Um, it's pronounced Smith. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> it's Dan Sinisak. Does he get points for pronouncing it properly earlier, though? That would be a And he does all my articles for the OW, OIW Podcast Network. TWM.news. Go follow them on Twitter. He's an article writer and. He is actually a lot better on the page than in in the person, I think. So, guys, first thing we are going to do, do, do today is talk about our favorite Canadian professional wrestlers. Because, well, you know what? We're in Canada, we're at a Canadian convention, and I thought, why not bring out some of the amazing talent that has wrestled in Canada over the over over, over over the years? Personally, one of my favorite Canadian wrestlers of all time would be Chris Jericho. I know he is U.S. And I was gonna say we were just having this talk. You weren't yep. with us. Is he American? Is he? Canadian? I know he's Canadian. Yep. But it's 2022. He's both. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have that Roddy Piper. <laughs> So I I think Jericho is low key like a top five of all time, and I he was underappreciated until his New Japan run, because at that point it's like yeah you you always see him as like the number three of like credible heavyweight champion, but not always at the top of the card. But when he goes to New Japan, reinvents himself, then you're like wait a minute, he's reinvented himself every single time. And then when he wanted to pursue uh, music and that stuff, like he took a break from WWE, didn't go to TNA, and could have made a bunch of money. Did tease it a bunch of times though just because jericho's jericho and then doing that and then proving with aew he just released a podcast detailing aew on his talk is jericho and going how much of like he could have gone the hogan route and not lost but he wanted to build people up building up even catchphrases like the bubbly building up orange cassidy and stuff like that of like i think jericho top 10 of canadians but like top five of all time yeah, I would definitely agree with that. He definitely, uh, he's the chameleon of wrestling. Like, he invents himself every, every time he's here. Like, he, he has a minute off where he's out of the ring, and he reinvents himself completely. But again, he doesn't have, he has an ego. Not, you said, oh, you know. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely does have, 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 have an ego, because 
I think he's the only only person in, in history to have a number one Billboard song and be a champion of a promotion at the same the, at the same, same time. Has there been another wrestler to have a number one Billboard song? Uh, <laughs> Did do, do very, very well. Are we counting that? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if Paul Fogel was actually singing during those songs or not. <laughs> well, there is also Vince, uh, Vince McMahon's dancing. Stand back. <laughs> you know what? If you have never seen this, I don't care if you're a wrestling fan or not, go check out that video just to watch Vince McMahon's <laughs> He's got some good during that song. Yeah? Oh, he's, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do it anymore, but... Oh, maybe, but well, he's still in really good shape for some that's very true, yeah. And what Holden, who do you think would be one of the number one Canadian wrestlers that people can can do can do for for Uh I'm gonna leave you guys because you're a little older than me to bring up someone else, but I'm gonna go a little younger and go edge. Especially like everyone wants to think like Canadians are all nice. Most Canadians that are successful in wrestling are heels. And Edge is one of the dudes that he was able to blend the reality of being a real-life piece of garbage into a money-making promo that he still beat the dude whose girlfriend he stole and cheated on one of his best friends with. Like, you got to give him some credibility for that. And then he gave credibility to John Cena, like, especially, like, everyone loved John Cena as a rapping gimmick, turns babyface, and within six months, everyone's like, boo this guy. And he was able to bring out that fire in him and develop edge being a solid heel and then he get he has to forcefully retire and then he comes back and is having a great time like edge is definitely top 10 of all time oh yeah yeah i agree with that now just think about that statement being from canada having two of the top 10 wrestlers of all time so what happened of uh, it's perception being reality but in a positive i've talked a lot about the negative side of perception being reality but what happened was one of my good friends went to train with booker t in texas and they literally said there's something about the water in canada there's a lot of good canadian wrestlers from there but here's the thing we don't let the bad ones leave <laughs> so they don't get to see the bad <laughs> so they only get to see the good but like also just in wrestling in general if you're traveling that means you're good enough to travel that you will get more exposure more experience and that would leads to the perception of like oh all these canadians are good it's like once again you don't see the bad ones that don't live 20 kilometers outside of hamilton <laughs> shots fired we let them leave we just we let them take leave the business we get them to leave the business <laughs> Hey, shout out to Rock Solid. There's a lot of good shows in Sudbury from Rock Solid Wrestling. Hey, Rock. Hey, I like, I, I like Rock Solid. Yeah, they're great. Everyone, so people think this, once again, perception is reality. People bring up like Rock Solid and go, oh, I don't know what they're doing up there. No, Rock Solid runs a bunch of the smaller towns north of, uh, north of Barrie, north of here, and they always draw like four to 500 people. They take my best paydays have been from Rock Solid. So all these people going, well, I don't know about it. It's like, yeah, the promotions you know about pay your favorite wrestler 20 bucks. So it's like, hmm, I, I shout out Rock Solid all the time, especially it gives a place for 
it's like a good retirement home for wrestlers because it is good family friendly entertainment and we're a pg show right now and that's already hard enough so yep we are trying to uh if anybody has actually listened to my podcast, you know it is 18 plus, and I'm trying to watch my language very carefully here because I'm being respectful. There isn't so many, so much fabric on your all of your guests' bodies, even while you're interviewing her. <laughs> That's a good story. Listen to the archives for Gilmy Talks. Oh yeah, check out check out the archives. I got lots and lots of this story, guys. Actually, your favorite comedian. Well, we were having this discussion earlier about the, the reverse of the, the Chris Jericho and that a lot of people don't know that when Roddy Piper was actually born in Canada. And I mean, for growing up, he was my favorite just for the fact that it may not have been the best at your chain wrestling or anything that we see a lot more nowadays, but on the mic, the ability to get people to care about what was going on and really he was the heel that was opposite Hogan that helped kind of push... WWE to the forefront. Now just imagine this. Roddy Piper and MJF in the same ring. Well, and you can, like, there's... Uh, there's I think MJF would school him on a mic. I don't... I'm just saying. <laughs> but no, uh, going back to Roddy Piper, one of the first matches I saw, because I started watching in the early 90s, was Piper and, and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8. Oh, awesome. I mean, the way he put Bret over that night. I mean, that was insane. One, of the, was one of the best matches I've ever seen just from, like, the... The two, him like going heel, like total heel that night, but then right at the end, oh, you know, awesome. showing that compassion. It's like, yeah. It's... Oh, and the blade job story for oh. that match is oh, yeah, yeah. The fact that that was not supposed to happen, but I mean, right, right. it's Piper. Yeah. But he can pretty much do whatever he wants. There's a track record with Brett and blading not supposed to happen, but happening. <laughs> One's an accident. It's a pattern at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, Piper in the later years of his career, he's just going to do whatever he wants to do. He, and there's so many stories about him. He tried to give him a script. He looks at the script. Nah, we good. And he just, he's a Piper. The great part about Piper that you brought up of like him not being technically good or uh, whatever there, it's like pro wrestling, there's a beauty in it of the athleticism versus the entertainment of, it's like a pie chart. You can have all the talent in the world athletically but you don't have a character or you can have all the character in the world but not have the talent and even like we were talking about this before of like the fans shouldn't know what you're not able to do so you can pull out that moonsault once every year and having all of those stuff to where piper at the end of the day it's sports entertainment it's athletically entertaining it's stage combat in the round and live to air of having that no filter involved in it and piper is at the end of the day the moves don't have to look good it just needs to be believable and we've all seen the bar fights where people are falling because they're drunk and like piper having that intensity and cracking the real beer bottle over his head and just bust it up i've, I've been watching some piper stuff recently so it's just like and that's where it goes into how crazy people are that are successful in entertainment of you need to be that one in a million you do need to be crazy Oh, and to be honest, I can talk about Roddy Piper for another hour, <laughs> hour and a half, but I got a lot of topics. And, but I just, I'm such a huge fan of Canadian wrestling. This is one of the things I realized in doing the podcast when I first started was how many amazing talent we have right here in Ontario. 
Like there are, I'm just going, if anybody is interested in getting any wrestling training, check out these schools. Crossbody Professional Wrestling in Cambridge, Hamilton Pro Professional Wrestling, Battle Arts, and Battle Arts is out of Mississauga. And Hammerlock, which is outside of London, right here. We have a wrestling school in this city. If you know people who want to get in this business, you can find it now. Like, I'm 41 years old, and I'm never stepping in the ring ever. I had one instinct. Never say never. Dude, I, 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 I'm never saying never. Tuesday night, so you're in the group chat. <laughs> I, I, even, I even had free training from Boulder, and I had to step down. Because <laughs> my, my life. <laughs> oh, no, you're too busy and successful to train to learn how to fall on your ass. <laughs> oh, no. You're so smart. You have a family. You have people that care about your safety. What's that like? <laughs> but back to the Canadian wrestling the reason I, I started watching independent wrestling was actually one of the most notorious shows that ever happened in London on, on <laughs> we were Art, talking about this just before hardcore <laughs> road trip part 2 oh yes which blacklisted the city for what three years uh, yes very yes it like the first one was great had a fun time i met a lot of, a lot of well have well the wrestlers obviously got paid that night yes. <laughs> when i had gregory iron whipping whipping, whipping tunes at people because he was angry just at the four volunteers of staff he was whipping these chains from one of the one of the cash registers that these guys literally yes. bought a piece of wood and cracked open to see to get the cash from it. Yeah, Necklo Butcher stole a laptop. It's this the, the Gregory Irons again almost broke his neck that night yes. doing a movie. Yeah. yeah, like he he legitimately almost ended his career that night and then didn't get paid an hour later. Like it was like I don't blame him for being a little upset. I'm new school, old school for the fact of like, let's throw a Canadian destroyer 30 seconds into a match. But also, if you don't get paid by a promoter, steal this shit. <laughs> yes. You get paid some right? You gotta those losses. Yeah, because that show was actually, the show part was actually, I really, really enjoyed that product. And then just out of nowhere, people started yeah. coming out of the back and Kasada and Amato just well. stopped wrestling. Well, it was a, it was a good product. They had a good plan, but the problem was they were they were already talking about future, big picture, huge picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they were guaranteeing stuff. Like they said, they had Mick Foley lined up. He hadn't even been contacted. You know what I mean? Like like we yeah. didn't find out till after, of course. Oh yeah, we found out a bunch of whole stuff, and uh, I'm just saying I may know the guy who gave Masada the gentleman's ad address. <laughs> just uh just saying because i was not a not a happy boy and masada was a that night was a very very cool, cool, cool game. but now i'm going to go into a little bit about what professional wrestling actually is the different match styles the art form itself and this is why why i actually brought brought, brought holden holden with me a guy who wrestles every single weekend multiple times a week. Um, the reason why I love professional wrestling so much is the it's it's a stunt show. It's theater. It's 
basically every kind of entertainment that I enjoy rolled up into one thing. And yeah, I'm 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 getting getting a little bit soft here. Well, it's a community, exactly like why everyone's here at Comic Con. A million different reasons, but the same reason at the same time. Yeah. Community. So wrestling is that weird thing. Like you're bringing up the word love, and like I do believe like there is a relationship with wrestling because unlike maybe your favorite anime ends after 2,000 episodes because there's 100 episodes a season, uh, but like it will end. Everything has an end. Wrestling never ends. It doesn't even have an off season. If you like sports, there's training camp that's off screen during the summer, or the spring, or whatever. But like with wrestling, it's just always going and going and going and going. And like what's weird about wrestling fans is even if they go, I'm not a fan anymore, but I loved John Cena and Batista. I loved Brett and Sean. I loved Rock and Austin. They will bring up something that happened within the last three months. And you're like, wait a minute. Mm, how do you know who Roman Reigns is? I thought you just said you were a Brett Sean guy. That was 25 years ago. Hmm, where are you? And it is one of those just you fall out of love. You don't, you miss that ex even if they cheated on you or they did you wrong, but you still miss the good times. And you're hoping that it will come back. And the, the masochist wrestling fans stick around and they hate it and they tweet about it and they watch hate it, but then they don't leave. Yeah. And one thing I've never really understood about is the rating systems. Like five stars, six stars, seven stars. And like, what I like. Uh, are you talking about Dave Meltzer? I was going to mention Because I ignore every Not I Nielsen. Dave Meltzer in an ad, I just stop reading. <laughs> it's just anybody who rates wrestling matches, why do you do it? Well, he's a journalist. Like, look at movie reviews. It's everyone should be able to do the hard work for themselves. And if you like deathmatch wrestling, but you don't like technical wrestling, cool. Watch deathmatch wrestling. Don't watch this. And having someone like Dave Meltzer, though, that when if he goes, I appreciate this match. Hey, this is a dude that's watched thousands of matches. So he's comparing it. But then when you find out, oh, this person is allergic to nuts. I'm not going to take their opinion on a peanut butter. So it's one of those, like, you can find those sources in yourself. But at the end of the day, do the hard work. Love yourself. Of Be confident in what you love and appreciate. If you like one anime but you don't like another, don't talk about that other one. Promote what you love. Don't promote about what you hate because then you're... That's why people's algorithms are messed up on social media because engagement is what matters. They don't care if it's positive or negative. So I only engage with, like, funny dog memes and videos like that and motivation. I do not engage with anything political. So guess what? I don't see anything political. <laughs> a lot of dog videos, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very bad for sending sending you dog, dog memes. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It's not bad. <laughs> it's uh, it's the other. I I wanted to do a Twitch thing where I just watch the funny memes and videos. But I'm also a comedian, and I know I'll get canceled for some of the stuff I find funny in 2022. Yeah. I'm a straight enough white guy, and some of my humor is very white guy. And I'm like, oh, I understand. Mm. And I'm 18, I'm over 18, so. Don't look at my search results. I don't use incognito browser. Uh, another thing I did, <laughs> I did want to talk about is some of the actual different styles of professional wrestling. Because everybody puts professional wrestling and truth be told, they think someone who doesn't know what professional wrestling is will think of every single time. Because he is probably the biggest professional wrestler of, 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 of all time. I, I really think so. 
I think we're actually far enough removed from Hulk Hogan that people just look at wrestling as fake MMA. To where it's like, oh, well, if I want to watch something real, why wouldn't I watch the UFC? But then they don't realize every one of their favorite UFC fighters is low-key a professional wrestler of, oh, they promoted their fight. Well, I know John Jones and Daniel Cormier really hate each other because of what they post and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's real. But like Rock Austin, one of the biggest feuds, didn't actually hate each other. There was a professional animosity of protecting your spot, but Sean and Brett hated each other. Hogan hated everybody that wasn't him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just trying to help tell people who have never never really taken the time to look at the art form of professional wrestling what it actually is i get oh it's that thing that Hulk Hogan is. but also i am in my 40s so that's what i hang out with people and beauty and and that's what everybody thinks like i don't think the younger crowd unless it's at professional wrestling shows or 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 well, I think it's just like in general of like TV ratings don't matter because YouTube exists. You don't need a contract to be a movie star. You can make your own short films. You can have a Patreon. You can have an OnlyFans. You can have whatever and have people contribute to you. There's artists in this building right now that are not signed to a main label, but they have such a solid fan base that they're making over 100000 a year and they get to control everything to where... I think it's lazy to want a contract. Like, I think the WWE developmental system is the reason why most indie wrestlers don't have characters. Because they're like, well, I'll just get good at wrestling, I'll get signed, and then they'll tell me I'm a garbage man. But then the thing is, when you look at everyone that's successful, Seth Rollins is Tyler Black. John Moxley is John Moxley. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. John Cena is John Cena. John Cena, like everyone's like, he should turn heel because he hasn't turned heel, as opposed to, no, he legitimately is super American, super good dude, super white collar of just like, this is the dude. Stone cold, stone cold. And that's where it's, I go, when you have a gimmick, it's your occupation. Your character, though, is how you are at the bar. So you can have a bunch of people that are garbage men, but when they go to the bar, who is nice to people and who's mean to people and that's how you swap out that stuff where people don't really think about that they just go well i'm a good wrestler it's like yeah but that's why people aren't attached to your matches and such of like yeah that's cool your headlock is done on the right side and you have your hand over the left but they don't care about your stuff because you're carrying yourself like you're a superstar and you're wrestling in front of 10 people and then i just go on the flip side of like if someone doesn't want to be a wrestling fan, trying to convince them to be a fan will make them not want to be it versus Randy Orton got over because the RKO out of nowhere stuff. By God, he's broken in half. They haven't seen Mick Foley get thrown off the cell, but they've heard JR make that call because it was on a bunch of Vines and TikTok videos. And like that's how we get new fans of how do we sneak them in? Oh, here's this awesome El Generico and Kota Ibushi spot from 2007 on Chikara of like, oh my God, that's amazing because it's not Hulk Hogan. It's not Stone Cold. And it's like, oh, it's super athletic. What a hardcore wrestling fan would go, the Young Bucks script out all their stuff. Another person goes, wow, that's so talented and athletic. That's like parkour in a wrestling ring. I didn't know that exists. And then the flip side of that is, oh my God, that's a gusset plate that's stuck to that person's head. Like, though, that's not fake. That's real light balls and such. And it's like finding that ice cream. But like, I'm always, especially at this level of like independent wrestling, I am... I just want everyone 
to go to a live event and I want every performer on that live event to do their best, not be lazy and not be crap. Because if you have one bad indie show, because this is the flip side of people going, it's that Hogan stuff. Oh, I went to an indie show once. The wrestlers stopped wrestling because someone said they weren't being paid. Oh, and the wrestlers were stealing the cash box and stuff like that. And those are the moments that someone never wants to go to a show again, as opposed to, oh, everyone had fun. It was a good show. It only lasted an hour and a half, not eight hours. <laughs> Yes, uh, I cannot watch uh, WrestleMania in one go. It is too long for me. Yeah. It broke it up even four hours. Yeah. Four hours for me watching WrestleMania. Dude, I can't watch Raw. Yeah. No. Well, the last WrestleMania where they did the full night was when the Becky Lynch main event went off. And I mean, by the time that went, like, no, it's such a historic night of the little main event thing. Yeah. The crowd was so gassed by It was 12.45 a.m. The entire wind was taken out of the stadium. Like, and it was... Yeah. Fairly good match. Well, a good quarter of them had already gone home. <laughs> Dude, some people couldn't get home. The train stations were stopped. So they were literally stuck at MetLife Stadium that year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and WrestleMania was... WrestleMania is still the biggest event of professional wrestling. Yep. It, it is, and great, great, great two of those guys. But personally, if I never watched watch it, I I still don't think I could ever not watch it. It's just ingrained in me because it is what it is. Well, the Royal Rumble is just straight up a fun match and a fun show. So, like, having the Royal Rumble happen, like, that's what kicks off the season and then it ends with Mania. It's like, okay, I'm good for a year. You start with a high and then you fade out. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Even there's a lot of years I didn't watch. I watched the Rumble and I watched Mania. That was it. And then I'm like, okay, see you in a year. Because wrestling does need seasons. I think that if you properly use part-timers to where, okay, Edge is here from June to September. And then Rey Mysterio is here from October to December. And then everyone's here from Mania season. And then you build up the new guys after Mania. The reason why so much stuff happens during the summer is ratings are down because you're competing with the weather. You're going outside. That's why ratings are down for such. And that's where like the Nexus kicks off. And you're like, whoa, this is so cool. And then you have John Cena go, but I need to pin three of them at the end. And Edge and Jericho being like, we need to build them. John, you have no opponents. <laughs> and their careers were like great after that too, right? <laughs> the only one that's the most successful at Nexus got fired during the angle. <laughs> yes. Um, Shout out Brian Danielson. Danielson. <laughs> he, he did what he was told to do and got fired. Yeah, it was yeah. the necktie with yeah. Justin Roberts, wasn't yeah, it? That's because right. it, was, it was actually Justin Roberts who gave him the okay to choke him with a tie. And then he gets fired for it because it's okay. That's why you don't listen to middle management. <laughs> when I have my issues, I go straight to the general manager. Yeah, but also, when Vince was, was running the company, you kind of had to get in line for three hours to have a, a two-minute uh, two chat, chat with the guys. But like that's also so I just did a seminar with uh, Pat Buck who literally aged both main events of WrestleMania this year and then quit because he just didn't like the grind of it. And in that he even mentioned like for like just we're having training matches they're like try to avoid uh, biting avoid choking because those are things f uh, fans can replicate. 
you can't really replicate a tombstone. Like there is cooperation in that. But if you grab a tie and you choke a fan, like that's where it's broadcast standards. It's not just, oh, a wrestling event. It's no, this is on TV and it's PG for children that it's like what they were told was go out there and wreck everything. You got heat of the moment. And here's the thing of sometimes a slap on the wrist. You're a parent. A threat doesn't always work. You need to fill out that threat. No, it does not. <laughs> I am the delinquent child. I know what the mouth uh, of soap tastes like. I also know the awkward moment of looking at my dad and him looking down on me because we didn't know what happened next. It, it was a threat fulfilled, but we didn't know the next part of it. Do I eat it? What, what is, what's supposed to happen? Yeah, and then there's, there's also the art form. There's, wherever you go, there's a wrestling style. There's a What's Ontario wrestling style? Good. <laughs> uh, you've heard my Canadian thing earlier on. <laughs> Are you saying all of Ontario? Is what you're saying? Uh, I, I, I feel like you got eyes on you right there. Yeah. <laughs> you're a very nice and positive guy, Justin. Oh, I know, I know. Because I love my. You love to love. Like, I love your fandom. I love how positive you are. And we were talking about this before of just like to be to work on problems, you need to solve them. And to solve a problem, you need to point out the problem. And when people who are stuck in this box of we're good, we talked about this downstairs, good enough at a certain point is not good enough. You need to work on that better of just being good and being greater and stuff. And if you just go Ontario's good, why don't we have three shows every single weekend that have 300 people at the fans? Which means, why is it not good? And there's a lot of BS in politics. There are good wrestlers here, but those good wrestlers need to leave, come back to get new eyeballs on it. And a lot of people are comfortable with, oh, I don't need to leave an hour outside of Hamilton to wrestle. Where it's like, you need to travel to get better, to get exposure, to get... I feel bad. This is an derogatory term. His nickname is Gimpy. Uh, Gimpy is a great dude. I'm not a... How many t-shirts can you sell to someone? Gimpy has hundreds of t-shirts. But, like, I go, get a coffee mug. Get a notebook. Get a pen. There's different merch you can do. But that one t-shirt design, you can sell to a thousand different promotions. And having fans everywhere wear it. And, like, that's what I think holds Ontario back is the misconception that... Ontario is good, so I don't need to prove it anywhere. But then I've gone under, if talent dies in the 40 kilometers of the, where they live, are they really that talented? Yeah. Like, there are, I know for a fact there are, are wrestlers who will not go out of, out of... By the way, I say Hamilton. There's just a lot of shows in Hamilton. I'm not naming names for anyone because there are some wrestlers that travel to Hamilton and only wrestle in Hamilton. Hamilton is just a good pop. Uh, Hamilton basically has eight <laughs> one time it feels like and uh, there's what fifteen in the rest of the province? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. there's more than that. Yeah. Because there's wrestling in Windsor, there's wrestling in St. Catharines, there's wrestling all over this uh, province. Something about Hamilton though. <laughs> and, uh, Raccoon. I will always oh. have raccoon up when I rest. The suicidal raccoon? <laughs> so, so I will say, though, the Ontario wrestling style is a mixture of technical and strong style. That when the guys that are always at the top of the card 
is the hard hitting stuff, but there's solid chain wrestling. Like, we didn't mention Josh Alexander for top Canadians, but he is probably the top Canadian right now on the main scene. Has the Impact World Championship. Has the Impact World Championship. Like, because once again, like, there's a certain part that you, you're not a Canadian wrestler. Having that debate about Chris Jericho, we didn't mention Kenny Omega, but Kenny Omega made his name in Japan. Like, yeah, he's from Winnipeg. But at a certain point, you're not from your area. You were just a wrestler. And Josh is one of the guys that, like, worked really hard and that's i'll always tell people when i'm coaching them wrestling will always get over a character might not work because if you're if you were genuinely an lgbt representative and someone is homophobic they're not going to watch your stuff and that has not you can't change their mind but if you wrestle really good you're going to conflict that person of i hate your life but man your matches are good like that, and that just comes down to it has nothing to do with it being a garbage man gimmick, being a hardcore wrestler. If your 15 to 20 minute match engages a crowd, that's what gets the fans involved. So it's one of those, like, I do think that there is an Ontario style, but it is technical and hard hitting and strong style. I would put, I think I would put two wrestlers that really represent the Ontario style. Josh, Josh Alexander is, is one because he's perfect. And then Tara. Yeah. I love Tarek's work, and I I think it is a real, he should be signed right now. He should have been signed five years ago, in my opinion, I, and I know he has a life outside. No, but so this is a thing, though, of like, when you look at a contract, this is where traveling comes in. This is where if you're, and he does, I I don't want to play into the negativity side. Patreon.com slash Brendan C, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E, the letter C. I've done podcasts where I just went, eh, screw it, I'm just going to shoot. But uh, it's one of those things of when you get comfortable, you get limited. And now he does have a child. He does have a wife. He has an adorable child. But like, it's on him to have to break through. It's on him of... You can say someone should be signed, but if you never, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. If you've never gone to the tryout, if you've never gone here, because I'll bring up, I'm pretty sure, like, he doesn't want me saying this, but screw it. Brent Banks had a tryout. Brent Banks, perfect wrestler. He was told, if you gain 15 pounds, we'll give you another look, because he was 185, 90 pounds at the time. He gained the 15 pounds naturally. He's not signed. And then even during the pandemic, he hasn't wrestled since before the pandemic. And then you take into account of a lot of people didn't train during the pandemic and a lot of people got hurt after the pandemic because they tried to wrestle at the same speed they did before and their body calluses are real hitting the road. There's a reason why the 80s wrestlers were able to survive so long, especially in the WWF. That ring sucked. But like NWA had more of a bump friendly ring. Uh, but it was because you're wrestling seven days a week, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday, that the calluses are built up and you know what to do, what not to do. And it was a simpler style, whereas now everything is so hard hitting. AEW over the summer lost like a quarter of their roster to injuries because it is the God bless DDP because he's pushed in like recovery to so many people but having that style of go 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 at a certain point your gas tank gives out on you your body has a bump card you're no matter what you do you hit a median going 80 kilometers an hour your your life is screwed so having those moments it's like Tarek I I think Tarek is the perfect wrestler and where it's like it should be signed I told Biff Music this in Ottawa in September uh or it's September now so this was a few months ago um there's three types of wrestlers right now 
if you were, and some of them are on the other side of that door right now. If you work really hard and you hustle hard and you want to have control for yourself, you don't need a contract and you can make a good living through Twitch, Patreon, all these things. If you're really good, but you don't want to hustle that hard because a hustle takes, and I think we can all relate to this, even having family, not even the entertainment side. Exhaustion is a real thing. Burnout comes from exhaustion. It's not just lifting up, deadlifting 150 pounds a thousand times. It's from not sleeping. It's from your brain always going into overdrive. And if you don't want to hustle that hard and you're really good, you can sign a contract. And if you don't care about wrestling at all, but you had a developmental contract for a minute and appeared on NXT, you can make a living just doing conventions and signing autographs where it's like I other people be like, these people don't care about anytime someone says they hate Goldberg. He doesn't deserve what he deserves. Like why? Well, he doesn't love wrestling. He's also a former NFL football player, which means he worked so hard that he got to a team in the NFL. Brock Lesnar didn't get to the team in the NFL. And Brock Lesnar is a monster among humans. He, he made a joke of he was born in the wrong century. <laughs> he is a Viking, literally, but he wasn't a Minnesota Viking. Uh, he wasn't. He made that, he made that cut. That's a, good pun. That's a good pun. But like having that of like, yeah, maybe Goldberg doesn't care about wrestling, but he draws attention and he looks like a wrestler. So this person that cares about wrestling, but they don't work out that well, they don't do 110%, their moves don't look that crisp, not Tarek. Tarek is literally checks off all the boxes. The box he doesn't check off of is the going out and traveling. And I think that there's a specific reason in Ontario in the mid 2010s that people got comfortable because the promotion was run for not growth, just sustaining it. And at a certain point it dropped off. And because you can't sustain, sustain. You can't be good enough forever and undervalue people. You need to spread your rings. If you love someone, set them free. And then that's where Johnny Gargano's on Raw. He debuts in Toronto because he worked so hard in Toronto building up a fan base that he got that pop. It's like, oh, why didn't he debut in Cleveland? It's like Toronto's the second home for him, too, because he did so much indie stuff here. And Toronto's a wrestling town. So they knew his journey. And Johnny Gargano is just awesome and the nicest guy. And whoever is nice, nice to my kids. <laughs> like, he went down like, my boy's first wrestling show ever. Johnny Gargano made it special. Was that at the ranch? Yes. That was my third match I ever had. Yeah, that's actually when we met for the first time. That makes sense. And what Johnny did, he walked around the table, he actually got down on, on, on one knee, and my, my son gets very nervous at, at times, and you can tell, but he calmed him right down and said, it's only us. What do you want to ask? You did awesome. <laughs> he just got the words out, and biggest smile I've seen on Johnny Gargano's face. I know he does TV, he's a great actor, but you know when someone is genuinely- Genuine. And I had that moment with, with him and I'll remember it forever. What's so funny, because on the flip side of that, that, that's why I think independent anything, independent art, independent music, independent wrestling, because you are down at the level with the fans. And what's so funny is you love Gargano for that reason. There are people that hate other people because they don't go around the merch table to take a photo. They go, hey, lean in. Oh, they didn't look like they wanted to be here. Cody Diener, one of the nicest dudes, does charity work, does motivational speaking, does all that. You have to look that once again, that positive negative side. If what Gargano did was the norm and everyone did it, it doesn't stand out as being good. But that's where good people get taken advantage of because you expect them to make the good decision where it's like, I don't condone most crime, 
but I'm for a couple murders because I like true crime and I like murder documentaries, so I would lose entertainment if there was no murder. But I don't want anyone to die. But pro-murder. Holden Albright, pro wrestler, amateur criminal, though. Since you guys brought up Cody Diener, I'm 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 gonna drop drop a little story I've never actually said. Ooh. I did run a, run a charity show in 2018 called Ethan Feist, and Cody Diener main main evented it because he lives in St. Thomas, guys. He is an Impact Wrestling talent, amazing wrestler, amazing dude. I didn't pay him for that show. He gave the money back, an Impact Wrestling star, because all he and then he raised, sold all of his merch and donated all of his merch sales to the cause that day. Every dime, he didn't even ask for trans. He was just happy because I comped a couple of tickets for his friends. This is the type of person that Cody Dean is. That man will always have my love and respect. And those are the people I look up to. Those are good examples. You, there are bad examples. You can learn how not to be a person from how people you don't want to be treated as. So like that being, if that, because some people expect that. Hey, I'm running a charity show. Cool. My booking fee is X amount, but it's a charity show. But I'm wrestling. And the thing on the flip side of give me the choice if I want to donate my time and money. So it's having that like standard and stuff. It's like, once again, the good people get taken advantage of because it's expected where it's like, no, expect people are going to be bad. Expect that. Expect to be screwed over. And pessimists are never disappointed. Is that the same? And I think it was he didn't know me from anybody. Right. So I didn't know him at the beginning. I got to know him a little bit working, working with him. And when I went up to give him the envelope, he was he was he was talking talking to a, a mutual mutual friend of ours, Kit, um, and he actually said, "Just you know what? Give me two minutes. I just I got to talk talk to Kit about something. It was about rock solid. But and then he came over and said, "Put that back in your pocket." I'm like, I just want to get because. I took advice from a friend of mine, paid, paid the people who are getting paid when they walk in so they don't have to worry about nothing, and they're just worrying about the art. I took that that kind of mentality for it, and then I'm just standing there going, okay, because uh, my, 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 my co-host who was actually sick, sick to today and could not make it, gave me a little bit of how to talk to people, handshakes, dealing with professional wrestlers because I'm a podcast. I don't know backstage. So he just kind of gave me that up. And he just like, don't tell anyone, don't say anything about it today, everything I made. I like that you added the today part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the statute of limitations on his kindness going unrecognized ended when COVID started. <laughs> Seven days, a pandemic. A pandemic is when you have to tell people how good they are. Right now, I, I, he probably doesn't even even remember who I am. Let's be honest. It was a couple years ago. Actually, you saw me. See, here's the thing, Justin. You, you expect so little that like decency is appreciated, which I, I'm in the same boat. Like me and Alexia Nicole last night, she's accomplished so much. She's been wrestling for 10 years. And it's the hard part is when you succeed and you didn't expect it. So you have to like create new goals because you passed goals that you didn't expect. And like going, he doesn't know who I am. And then the moment after is like, oh no, he saw me. 
and said hi. So he clearly does know. And Diener's one of the dudes that is the nicest person. Which means you don't belong in this business. <laughs> Just to sum all that. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Now, moving on, moving on from my, uh, my old personal stories, get back onto professional wrestling. But I am a podcaster. This is what podcasters do. Do that. We kind of just ramble. Do you ramble about stuff? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Justin have done a three hour long podcast together. Yep. I needed to edit out the threats he made. Yes. yes. <laughs> The drinks kicked in at two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when, when me and Brendan do a podcast, we normally start drinking and just shoot the shit. And then it turns into real life, real life combos. And I am very happy that we, we have weren't live. Yeah, um, one thing, <laughs> I don't record live ever. This is like my, one of my first live shows ever. I always edit my stuff. I'm because I do have these speech impediments, I do have the list, and I am very self-conscious about that. So I don't really go live uh, up until now. I started this podcast in 2016, and I've only been doing live shows this year, in 2022. I needed to gain the confidence to know that I can Okay, well, I'm going to put you over a lot right now. So this is your third panel show. Everything we're on this morning, uh, your printer, your co-hosts, all your notes, your slides. <laughs> but like, you persevered. Like it is, these are the moments that you can reflect on and you showed up when everything went wrong and you stayed, when you could have ran away, you could have done whatever, but that's why even support systems are so handy that you were able to call call on him, hey, I need a guest here, like, okay, well, I'm just gonna need a drink and a cigarette and I'll be good. And it's having those moments of like, the only reason people are willing to help anyone is because they like them. Either they're attracted to the person or it is literally the, I like this person as a person, I'm not gonna take anything for it, I am just want to help. And that's where people get, they undersell themselves on that niceness gets taken advantage of because they don't realize and then they're afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is so vulnerable. And then the, you can't ask for help from your printer running out of ink, but like you were able to rely on us and like, we're like halfway through all your notes, but we're an hour into this, so. And I think it's a good content. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I'm slowly changing my I'm a podcaster to I am a content creator because people, the amount of messages that I've gotten throughout the years that I write to people today. This is why I continue to do this because I made somebody laugh with something dumb I said about uh, a big butcher. Like because kill me talks. It's talking about and, and my tagline is talking to interesting people and having a fun time while doing it. And I've been having fun since I've been doing this. Well, it's because you're talking about things you're interested in. You're talking about things you're interested in, you can talk all day. <laughs> it's called Gilme Talks. Not talks about anything specifically. It's just Justin Gilmet talking. Just talks. Just let him go. My favorite, uh, my favorite miniseries in the Gilmy Talks is the uh, the driving talks and the walking talks, and you just turning on the mic for twelve to thirteen minutes, which helped you gain your confidence on like, yeah, you have a speech impediment, but it's one of those like any disability or any like stuff like that. It's you pushing through it that when you're more nervous that 
if someone has a tick or something, that tick comes out when they focus on it or they see someone else with a tick, someone yawns because someone else yawned and it triggers that in them to where it's like, once you've persevered, you put in that 10,000 hours and not caring, like the being vulnerable to just like, I joke like most people can say, oh, pro wrestling is fake fighty in your underwear. I wear a singlet, so mine is fake fighty in a woman's one piece bathing suit. Uh, and having those little moments of like, yeah, it's fake fighting, but I'm not going to lie. I throw some potatoes. Once again, Stone Cold's my guy. Uh, the match will get over. It might be a potato here and there, but at least you'll have a good match. Uh, and it's having that though, like once you're being vulnerable, because everyone, this is where even like, because I do stand up now a lot, people go, oh, I could do that because I make people laugh. It's like, okay, the two biggest fears, being buried alive, death, and public speaking. Go up there then, go tell a joke and i've seen there's one comedian that i've seen for the last two weeks god bless him but he's delusional he's kind of uh he's kind of not a nice dude and just like too over the top like he's very bro frat humor kind of guy and it doesn't draw attention but he's like one of the you know you know you know and just like i'm like i hate this this is the stuff i hate from people but that's just not the room for him there's TikTok for that. <laughs> so you having the balls to do everything and push through it. Like I, that's why I, I try to collect people in my circle that motivate and inspire me so that I can see their posts and go, yeah, this is why I'm not giving up today. And you're definitely one of those dudes. And you even going from content career to this, I even take into the account being a father, being a husband, all that stuff of just like, oh, you're a good role model and not enough people have role models in their life. So thank you. No, thank you for the, the kind, kind words because you are making me cry. Hell yeah. I better get some tissues up here, guys. <laughs> I didn't need the tissues in the washroom. I'm still a 29 year old. And that's the thing about my show. I never know where it's going to go because I like to keep my podcast interesting for me because I think if I'm interested in something, my audience is going to be. Be a fan first. People are so afraid of being a fan. That's what the big thing about this entire weekend is, like about being afraid to be a fan and showing up and just doing what you love and what you enjoy being around. All right, you, you just need to find that place, you know, mm -hmm. and doing this podcast is your place. You can talk about whatever you want. So I got a theory. There are no outcasts in 2022. There's, there's a lot in this room. There's a lot in this building. Uh, but the thing about it is like 20 years ago, message boards weren't real. Like there's AOL chat rooms. But now just because your best friend doesn't like that anime at your school that only has 200 or 1,000 people, your best friend could be in Germany. And you have to now understand time zone differences and you hang out, but you have PlayStation Online, you have group chats, you have Zoom calls. And that's the thing that like, if you work hard, you'll find your people. If you're lazy, I, I don't like people that work for the weekend. When I'm at work and people are like, oh man, I can't wait to go home, I'm gonna drink and just, I'm like, why don't you like go for a hike, bro? Like, why don't you go for a drive? Why don't you look at a waterfall? Why don't you open up a dating app and have some fun or meet a significant person? I don't think if you find satisfaction in substances, you're drowning out the pain, you're self-medicating versus like, oh man, this new episode of whatever show I like is dropping on Netflix tonight. I can't wait to watch it. I'm like, yes, anytime someone's excited about something, talk to me about it. Your voice gets higher pitched. You get very excited. You're talking fast, fast, fast. I'm like, 
that's what I, I get off on people's excitement. So anyone being a fan of it, I do not know anything that's here really. I am, I'm, I'm a top 40s nerd. I'll read the Wikipedia page, but I won't click like the tabs to go in depth, but I'll be like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce Naratu. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. I'm afraid to say that here. <laughs> I'll get stabbed. <laughs> I saw a couple people look this way, so just <laughs> like, Because they know that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> and, and guys, anybody has, has any, any, any questions at all, just shout them out. Don't. It's all good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering because today is cool because I had a conversation with Miro. <laughs> and... He is one of my favorite wrestlers. He always was. When he was in WWE as a Rusev, I just love his stuff because he's just a big dude, throws people around, and that's one of the styles of wrestling that I, I really like. That, that tough, strong style. That's why I really like Japanese wrestling. And I was when I when I walk when I walk when I walk walked up to say hi. What is it? Yeah, because. <laughs> Up, up, and I get this. And he was a nice dude. And Claudio actually looked over it. And he just like waved, waved, it, waved back, doesn't know who I am. So for me, it's all about those moments, right? Because I've had some amazing conversations with professional wrestlers, professional wrestlers, and that's why those those experiences are why I keep doing this and why I do a lot of things. Like, I was so excited today that I get to go to a con and my wife gets to see me pop and do what I've been doing all, all over the province. I am more nervous today that she's <laughs> watching me than when I was at the biggest convention in all of Canada. <laughs> when I would be at the room. And as I so going back to especially why I think AEW is very important right now is when the WWE would sign people, they send them to developmental and that's okay. But like they got lost in the shuffle and it wasn't, we don't have anything for you. Creative doesn't have anything. They're in a warehouse in Florida doing front rolls and taking a bunch of bumps and they've already been on the road for so long. Athena, Claudio, and Miro are three perfect examples of people that work really hard. Athena and Claudio were indie wrestlers. You could follow their journeys, but no one really knows about Miro's thing where it's like, yeah, he's not. Even they might go, oh, he's a foreigner that WWE signed. No, he came over here, drove taxi cabs to pay for wrestling school with Rikishi in Vegas, and then got signed. Like All of them, especially those three people, all have their journeys, and what makes them connect with their crowd is the people that want to follow their journeys. And that's why I think like anything that's at a ground level, the benefit of 2022 is even having a podcast. 10 years ago when I did my first podcast, I had to pay like $15 a month on Podbean. And that was for like, if I got over 100 downloads, I was going to have to pay another $15 a month where it's like now Anchor's completely free, but the hard work is, oh, I want to do that. Cool. Do it. I John Green just started doing stand-up comedy because he's like, stand-up something I want to do. And I comment, I'm like, let's go tomorrow night. This is the open mic. And he's like, uh, I'm like, I'm picking you up at eight. We're going to just do it. Where I, I even told him, I was like, I think I'm a bad friend because I'll hold you accountable. And that's if you wrong somebody, I will tell 
tell you how you're wrong because I want you to be a better person. I don't want you to disappoint me. I also think that if I wrong somebody, tell me how I wrong them because I want to be a better person. And if you want to like climb a mountain, I'm not going all the way up Everest. I'm a fat man, but I'll at least like drive you there and go up like maybe a couple kilometers and I'll meet you on the way down. <laughs> But like that's all where my motivation. Yes, like I, 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 all I'm doing is encouraging, and like even like there was a bit in this where it might seem like, oh, Brendan's a little negative, Brendan's a little down. It's realistic, but it's like I want everyone to be at their best. To be at your best, you have to admit you're not at your best. That doesn't mean you're at your worst. What I hate is I'm walking down here. There's a bunch of crackheads with better hair than me. Like that's what there's this homeless dude at the shelter brushing his hair. I don't have hair. <laughs> Like there's little things I look at that for like the worst case you have to compare yourself with the best and you have to compare yourself with the worst and understand which direction do you want to go and don't compare yourself to your neighbor. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where it's taken care of. The grass might be green, but the backyard is a trash yard. Sorry about that rant. I don't know what that was. There's a girl with like cool pink hair that I'm trying not to get distracted by. <laughs> Once again, hair jealous. Yes, the hair comes up a lot when I used, to, I remember all the comments. When Justin has good hair for anyone listening to the podcast later. Uh, I'm not uh, disgruntled by that at all. I have heard many comments from many of my friends about my hair. I'm in my 40s, I got a full head of hair. It's all I got. Okay. <laughs> you have height, height also. You have height also. I'm average height, 5 foot 11, so I, I don't complain when people are tall or short. There's a comedian that said a joke. He's like, I'm 5 foot 9. If you're five foot seven, you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he's a little embarrassed. He's a little flustered. <laughs> heels. We're going full heel now, guys. Full heels. This is what I was really excited about. I want to talk about some wrestling bad guys. Because a heel is... All time, right now, what are we talking about? I got... Well, we're in like a press conference scenario. Are we just going to start shooting? <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loud. They're on the other side of the door. <laughs> I know you can. I know you can turn it on like that. But patreoncom slash C, ten dollars a month, bonus podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Who is your? I'll start with the uh, with the, uh, with Ryan, guys. Who is your favorite heel? And I know that is a for. Uh, are we talking right now? Are we talking let's, all time? That's why. Where are we? Let's going? talk right now. Who is your favorite heel? It can be all time, but right now, professional wrestling, who is the number one heel? I mean, if I want to talk, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd probably say Roman Reigns. To be honest with you, but I mean, I also love him for that, which is, I mean, you, you should love the heel. You should hate him, but you should love to hate him, right? I love him. <laughs> I love watching him, so I don't know if it's... I don't know if it'd be the right category. He has gotten so good. But the problem is, that's the problem as a fan. When you're, when you're, when you're such a fan, the best heels... When you're, when you're watching as a kid, you hate those heels. When you keep watching, you're a fan. You love them. That's the worst part. We're talking about heels. He's, he, in my opinion, is probably the best heel going. Um, just everything he's doing, everything they, they've been building... I mean, he's been a heel his whole career, even when he was the top babyface in the company, right? Everybody, <laughs> right? But now he gets to roll. Now they're like, here, what can you do? Let's give you the top, top of the company. Like, we always wanted to do, but, you know, give you more free reign. Give you more, and I mean, look where they're going. 
I mean, that's just my opinion. If I if I if I had to pick a top heel right now. And Dan, I'd say MJF right now. Um, just let's uh, people, like, especially nowadays, people will they cheer the heel. Even if you're a good heel, yeah. you cheer even it's so hard to get the crowd against you. And especially nowadays, it's so hard to do that. And just some of his promos recently. Like he's trashing on WWE, he's trashing on AEW, which is going to get the fans on your side. But you can see him just kind of just stringing people along. And then like when he took like the Buffalo jersey off, when yeah. he drops that hammer, all of a sudden the fans just like instantly turn on. Like it just it takes so much talent, and it's just it's so entertaining to see that. And, and you know what? You have to hate the guy. I wanted to say MJF. My mind went there, and right. then it went right to Roman because every time Roman goes out. It's just a chorus of boos. Oh, yeah. Right? It always has been. But, I mean, people started to like him. And then as soon as he started doing this whole tribal chief character, over the top. Oh, he loves it. Of course he does. Because he's earned them. Before, he was trying to ignore them. He was trying to get past them. Now he's like, no, I earned these. They're mine. They're all mine. That's the only reason. MJF, people love him. Yeah. I think they're always going to love him. Now that, because he's such a in real life. He, and he's he, only 24. I, I know. I think it might be and like 26 now. To be the top man yeah, the and engaged. He just got engaged. Yeah, I know. Uh, so those were both of my thoughts, but it did go down that category of the bad part about wrestling is when you love someone, like you will love the villain. There are people that love Darth Vader. Darth Vader is an abandonment father. Like he was not there for his kids. And then he tried to kill him. And the only thing that like stopped him was saying, oh, by the way, I'm your dad. I don't even need Maury for that. But so someone I didn't even think of, because it was MJF. MJF is legitimately a heel that if you sign an autograph, you pay to meet him. And he will disrespect you. Not like crap on you. Disrespect. Roman Reigns is still doing Make-A-Wish stuff. And it is one of those, oh, you hate someone and you love them. So then I figured out, though, of like, I think legitimately the best heel right now who no one cares about is Austin Theory. Because the only people that cheer for him are attracted to him. There are those weird fans. Uh, But it is in the thing of like, Kevin Owens got a great promo against him the other night on Raw because he is what Vince loved. And Kevin even mentioning Gargano, you can't have good without the bad. And if people liked Austin Theory, where technically Austin Theory is an indie guy, but he looks like John Cena. He admired John Cena. He's 23, 24 right now. And Owens is saying, this isn't here without people like it on my back. They're the ones I get taken advantage of. Austin Theory, no matter how he gets pushed, I don't think he's going to be a babyface at any point until he becomes a John Cena role model. But at the same time, because he is a smug, entitled 23-year-old, I don't think he'll ever not be smug. So, like, right now, like, I didn't even think of I don't watch WWE regularly. I think MVP's a great heel manager. But, like, I think as a wrestler, like, you need that foil of MJF's promos are so good, and I'll bring it out. MJF started getting cheered when he was wrestling against Punk. So it's having that. When he returned, he was a babyface. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. When Reigns returned, he was a babyface, and he screwed over the Fiend and Lesnar in a three-way. It is having like the acknowledgement of there's a difference between just being a good heel and being a good performer that when Austin Theory comes out, he doesn't have to grab the mic and people are going to boo him. When Roman Reigns comes out, there's that moment where people are like, yeah, this is a star. I get to see him. 
Stone Cold got cheered and he tried to be a heel, but we were like, we love you too much. And also all of your stuff is bad guy-ish already. So you can't really do that. When Hogan turned heels because he was a baby face for 15 years, it's having all that of like Nash and Hall were the cool heels that they kind of, you can say they ruined it, but that was society. Now that there is the villain that is the, the antagonist that is cheered, Walter White is a horrible person. But that is a protagonist of that show and having all that like so my vote at least is Austin Theory of just being that kid. Well it's a good point with Theory too, because I think even with with Vince retiring now, like Theory always had that. He was Vince's boy, he was Vince's boy. And now that Vince is I mean, there's still a hatred toward Vince because of pretty much everything that he's done over the last say, 10, 15 years. Thirty. <laughs> but even with him gone now, like there's still that thought amongst fans like well this is still Vince's boy we don't we don't want him but like, so, like the money in the bank when he won that I think I was messaging Justin yeah. during that night just the second he started like, going up that ladder and everybody kind of realized okay no he's going to be the one walking away just you saw people getting up and leaving even before he was taking the plate there's just there was that much hatred towards it which I mean does, does speak towards the talent level he gets attacked by Reigns which means like because he's tried to like tease that cash in so much and he just keeps getting taken out by drew and reigns and stuff like that that's like so if one of the top's heels is attacking someone else but they're not being cheered that goes towards but that's where you're just too big that goes in that character gimmick discussion of you're too big you're too big to fail kind of thing there's just lack of superstars in wrestling for the real part like that is the biggest thing that vince did as a problem was he got very protective over the wwe brand that he didn't want anyone to be bigger than the brand so he didn't want someone leaving to go to hollywood where i was talking about this of you need to travel to bring new audiences in when dc and marvel hate each other but then they do a 12 issue limited run of against each other and they're like, okay well captain america can't lose to this b-level villain but this b-level villain can lose to batman over here and it's that hard part of like they hate each other but they work together at a certain point but when you go i got to be protective of this where's that growth and once again it goes to that sub sustaining instead of growing i think mine's going to surprise both of you all sorry uh, three of you Sami Zayn. I think he is such a heel. I hate him so much. I hate Sami Zayn. I love El Generico. <laughs> Sami Zayn, and this is a person I have personally met multiple times. And I despise seeing Sami Zayn as a professional wrestler. He irks me. I want to see him get destroyed every time he's... Wow. <laughs> I do not like Sami Zayn. And he is super talented. He's great at what he does. I just get a natural reaction when I see him on my screen. I wish somebody just picks this guy up and throws him 100 feet and he dies. This is what I want for Sami Zayn. Really wow, Justin. Wow. And... I love how watching him get beat up every single week with the bloodline, it's just one of those things. And I have met this man, had lunch with him, sat down, very nice guy, but the character of Sami Zayn, I want to see this man get That's a good point though, because when you brought up like the curse of being a fan and having um, 
like oh you love someone so you start hating them but you know you're supposed to boo them you're such a fan you know who El Generico is so you know what Sami Zayn is capable of him not bringing that out irks you that if you didn't have that knowledge you're just entertained by this b-level villain that because i i don't watch smackdown i watch all of sammy's bits with the bloodline oh yeah because i was gonna say that that proves all this is subjective anyway because i'm listening to him and i'm like i completely disagree with everything yeah. you're saying right now. i've agreed with both of your points you know and as soon as you said that, i'm like i am not on your page <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, this is why we have a great like very different things in professional wrestling. Yes, because I I've actually enjoyed seeing, like you talk about Austin Terry. I, I I agree with the whole Vince's puppet, whatever that whole thing. Other than that, I'm I've never been a big fan of his. He's a great. He's wrestler. a heel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying like, everything he's ever. I don't know, but I'm just saying I I'm not I'm more bored by him in my opinion. So I don't look him at as a great heel because I'm bored by him. Sammy Zayn, I'm always entertained. No matter what he's doing, I'm always like, I either want, get the hell out of here, he's so annoying, or I love what he's doing. There's never a, where you went. <laughs> See, that's why, like, bringing up the El Generico point of having that that knowledge, it's, if you like the match that Dave Meltzer likes, you agree with his ratings. If you just go, well, Kenny Omega's had five five-star matches and the WWE's had three in 20 years, it's like, that's not a real fact. What are ticket sales like, bro? <laughs> they just did 60,000 in the UK. They do two nights of over 40,000. I still don't go by that either. I, I, again, I go back to like what you think. Like you were talking earlier, what you think is a good Oh, fact. I'm talking about when people bring up like Meltzer's ratings as a fact. Oh, okay. Like that of going, yeah. Like if a fire happens over there yeah. and I see there's a car on fire, yeah. but someone just put like a lighter up and went, there's a fire over there. It's like, mm, what's on the other side of that lighter? I might enjoy it after October 1st. I'm using that as an, an example because Sami Zayn is a character, and I really dislike this guy. I've never liked this stuff. He's very so you're saying ever. ever, like NXT I, ever? I, you're just, wow. I, I like in not, NXT too. I don't know if it's because I'm such an El Generico fan, and I love what he did. I can't let that go. I wish he would put the mask back on. I wish he would go back. And he's so he's so distinctive though like I, I i mean when he i saw him with the mask i'm like yeah he's so cartoony i mean he can do so much and now you see him as like a well now he's a, but i mean even when he started and being the, i don't know what fidel castro looking guy i don't know what you what he was trying to be there like leading factions and whatnot i would say conspiracy sammy was straight up heel because sammy. like he he wasn't having the magic he beat jeff hardy on a ladder match by handcuffing his ear like yeah, yeah but like that's the thing that there was no redeeming factor in conspiracy sammy of like if you don't know uh if you don't know el generico you can hate conspiracy sammy because this is a dude that won't admit he lost and this is like yo as a personality trait that sucks it is interesting you loved el generico that you never appreciated sammy that's an interesting question to bring up. <laughs> I can't understand why I hate him so much. It's just when I see him on my TV, I get mad. It's that visceral reaction. It's just one of those things, <laughs> and he is the only wrestler that I get that reaction. I, I honestly don't think I felt that way since I was about this tall. like all time, I'm trying to think when Jericho Jericho came back in what oh nine and he. Him and Michaels had that program where Jericho like turned that deal and like went to this, this right. little shorts and everything. Like 
that was a good, like, to show the talent level of him, how like, he was a very popular guy. But, like, when he, he got the fans hating him. So yeah. I... Uh, Sean's wife yeah. in the face. So I would bring up the fact of Jericho's a good example for that. But when he returned, he was a huge baby face. So save us Jericho, cutting great promos. A year later, goes into that angle. And even when you look at that angle, he was justified because Sean lied. Oh, and like it was so justified, led to a great angle, even won the world title. Uh, great thing about that. But then when he took his break and came back again, and he just kept making entrances would grab the microphone and then put it down and then that led to the fandango stuff of like that was a genuine just good heel he didn't even need he literally did nothing which irked everybody yeah you could once again jericho top five top 10 20 heels of all time and he'd probably fill about five six slots oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> which era jericho fits <laughs> yeah where sean it's personal wise i actually i have a list of 70 top heels right here you have Eric a list. Cole is on it four times for four different. There you go. See, I haven't even looked at your notes. I didn't. <laughs> well, that wasn't the point you brought up. Like, his, his justification was. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Anything. Okay. What superstars who never held a belt, period, do you think should have gotten at least some belt? Okay, so. Uh, so, we talking about mid titles or heavyweight titles? Who got held down and didn't hold a belt? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know he was given a consolation prize, the million dollar title, but Ted DiBiase, <laughs> you should have given him like a lot of the good stories back then of like the good guy chasing the bad guy. What was that, sorry? Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah. He, no, like he, he really should have gotten that chance to really get a little bit of a run at the top, but I, I believe Honky Tonk Man had something to do with that, <laughs> is from what I understand. I will claim ignorance because unfortunately, I, I was born in 92, so all of my fandom, like championship runs, didn't really get to mean anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. So, because because I am a wrestler, people should appreciate the Intercontinental title because that was a worker's title. I really love the 24 7 hardcore title rule with Crash Holly, but I also love the European title and like Val Venus having it. Of like, I like those secondary characters because they had characters that. By the time I came around, those lengthy Hogan runs and like building up the thing of like a lot of it came down to Hogan not wanting to drop the belt and it being a heel factory of, okay, let's build up a monster so Hogan beats them where it's like, I'm I'm just diving down because Arn Anderson has a great podcast where he reflects on his whole career month by month. And I just got introduced to Ole Anderson and I don't know if he's ever held any titles, but all of his promos are just so genuine of like, but bringing up like the million dollar man and stuff like that, I'm unfortunately in a time period that title belts don't mean anything i'm going oh this guy who held the wwf title four times in 2001 for a total of three months yeah like you said it's based on when you started watching because all those titles you mentioned are, are worthless 24 7 means nothing european mentioned. hardcore 24 7 not the green one <laughs> whatever both of them <laughs> any of those meant nothing but uh, i don't know about he, well, and he was, I, I believe, he was slated to do a program Warrior. With, uh, warrior. Well, it was Warrior. Was it Warrior? He, so, uh, Jake, Jake has his podcast, and he mentioned that Vince is like, okay, we're going to put you in a program with Warrior. 
but you got to go ask him for permission. Yeah. And Jake's like, what do you mean? I got to find, I'll go there. And Warrior's like, you better show up. You better not uh, piss dirty on the drug test. You better be there. Yeah. And then Jake's like, fine. I tucked my tail between my legs, but I wanted to punch him in the face. And then he quit the company a month later and ran away from SummerSlam. And he's like, and he has a story that when he went to meet Warrior at the Hall of Fame, he was going to punch him in the face. But Warrior's like, I'm so sorry for all my digressions. And he's like, I couldn't punch him in the face. But God gave his revenge three days later. <laughs> but like, I think that's what comes down to it. Of Unfortunately, back then, there was too much... And we're seeing it now with AEW of the inmates running the asylum. I think that that's a bad metaphor because you can ask, hey, inmate, do we treat you fairly? And you're like, no, you give us slop and you, we don't have nutrition. We don't get to go outside. It's like, okay, you're allowed outside, but there's a barbed wire fence. You're not allowed to leave this. But it's when you give too much people control, that's where you hold it down to where that's why independent anything, independent art, independent wrestling, you're in control of your own stuff. Because even bringing up Jake, Jake is the first person I'll tell you how many times he screwed up. Million Dollar Man, though, he got screwed. He, he worked so hard. Really Multiple generation wrestler. Jake is the guy I was actually going to bring up because... Nothing. Brock broke his I neck and he didn't even get a, a chance. He had a lot of backstage heat. There's a lot of politicking there. <laughs> No, yeah. and he got jobbed out. I don't think he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> the best of uh, Bob Holly's story is uh, when he pitched an idea. It's like I should be the WWF champion. It's like, and then what happens? I beat everybody. It's like there's yeah. there's no conclusion yeah. to this. <laughs> I am a hardcore Holly though guy. I'm a Crash Holly guy. I'm a Molly Holly guy. I'm a whole Holly clan. How many how many Hollies are there? So three legitimate <laughs> it's wrestling. But there was this one cartoon in a WWF magazine of a Holly family uh, barbecue. And there's a whole bunch of fake uh, Hollies that they put in there and such. And I'm like, that's just fun. Is there more Hollies than Douglas? That's what I was, I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah. Cartoon wise, yes. Real life. Uh. No, just because uh, when the Hollies were really on TV, that was was the time I wasn't really really watching, and I wish I wish I was because they were old. But how is your life? Because a lot of wrestling fans, when they're not watching wrestling, their life is for the better most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a really good life. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's a that's um pain and the beauty of when i go back of wrestling to love no one wrestling doesn't stop you fall out of love with it to where if you watched in the 80s but you know who the shield was you're like hmm how that that doesn't track how it is and it's just like it's well, one of the things pop culture not to introduce you but it's just become part of pop culture right but like no one in the wwe was really besides randy orton it's like tiktok and finding those vines of stuff i i think that this is where people get it wrong of because i face a lot of indie wrestlers that are like wrestling's horrible because of this 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 then why are you in the business if you think it's down the hill you have better things you could do with your time but in the 70s, when videotapes weren't prevalent, they couldn't record news, there wasn't 24-hour news stations, you had to tape over the stuff. There's stuff that has been disappeared to time. 
everything has been recorded since 1980 and it's probably on the wwe network or high spots whatever you loved and this goes back to me talk about what you love not about what you hate if you do not like the current product just go back and watch whatever era you love because that doesn't stop and then it's people watching 93 world series baseball games over and over again spoiler you know who won like but you're gonna sit down for that for me whenever i'm in a dark place and i'm just like sad or depressed 2001 uh, attitude era-esque promos hyping up the pay-per-views that's where my happy place is if someone's happy place is hulk hogan promos go watch that if you love jake roberts matches go watch that if you love japanese strong style go watch that if you love death matches don't watch a kurt angle match go watch nick gage everyone has their purpose wrestling is ice cream there's 38 actually there's over a million flavors oh 100 there's too many people here but they're either a pro like current product wise pro AEW, pro wwe and hate the other one or whatever but it's like more wrestling is good and like you said you don't like it don't watch it go watch what you did like because yeah. like i said it's there's, there's so many archives well, the more said, they're everywhere it doesn't mean the more work for everybody else i mean oh, exactly. more guys are getting it's like that show like, sucked I'm, sure. yeah, I'm not gonna watch it then don't yeah dude there's wrestling youtube there's wrestling on TV every day of the week. There's TNA. There's even MLW if you include that. There's AEW. There's WWE. There's too much wrestling. Don't say this is better than that. It Just is. go, I don't have enough time in the day. As a fan, it's the greatest time ever, <laughs> in my opinion, as a fan. It's the greatest time ever. Yeah. Because just of the content. Not of the, of the amount, like you said. And if you don't, if you like old school, it's uh, NWA. Whatever. Dude, Daily Motion and YouTube just having full matches that are still pirated and stuff like that. No matter what they want to do about removing stuff, it's always going to be there. I was literally talking to Justin that there was an ECW show of Stan Hansen and um, I'm forgetting who it was, but they wrestled Abdullah and Kevin Sullivan in Sullivan's uh, ECW debut oh, and wow. uh, Taz. Taz and uh, Stan Hansen. And I just saw like the clip. I'm like, I'm going to watch this later on today. Stan Hansen didn't pop anybody's eye out during No, because Vader didn't stiff him in that match. <laughs> That's also the thing. People, some victims make themselves a victim. It's oh, like, this, this dude stabbed me. It's like, well, what'd you do? Well, I said, I bet you won't stab me. Yeah. You deserved it. Vader was a bit snug back in the day. <laughs> Him versus Kevin Shamrock. Just go back and watch that. That's oh, like at an in your house match. <laughs> I think I I do really think Stan Hansen would have been a much less stiff wrestler if he had contact with us. I really do because the man was fine and rest. Well, Stan Hansen like got over. His name was just JBL at that point. <laughs> If you never knew, JBL did a fake Undertaker gimmick in Japan in 1991. There's some good promo photos of that. I'm going over. Yeah. 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 What is a wrestling match that you would show somebody who doesn't know anything about professional wrestling? Wow. You just wanted everyone to just get quiet there. Yeah, you, you had to ask that question with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I do have one, and all the old school guys are going to hate me for it. It's 
Ricochet versus Will Ospreay because it shows what athletes they really are. The original yes. one? But I'm going to say which one of the 57 yeah. matches that they had. Or, or actually, you could say all of them. And, and I'm not trying to just discredit. I love them, but they're all 90% the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's the big one that went made all the rounds was from New Japan Pro. They were doing, they were doing their thing. And the Super Juniors? Yeah, the, the Super Juniors. Because I hear a lot of, oh, they're not athletes, they're not this. And then they break out that match, and it shows what professional wrestling can really be. But, and because everybody knows everything Guys like that, I don't think the super athletes don't get the credit that they truly deserve. So if I had one match to show what these guys can truly do, it would probably be that I'm still thinking. <laughs> There's one that always comes to mind with me, and it's a WWE match, but one I don't think ever really gets a lot of credit. It was Kurt Angle Rock and Undertaker. For when they had the undisputed title back in Vengeance, I believe it was in Detroit. But I mean, it was. I want to say that's like Vengeance 02, like around that yeah, time period. That time. I mean, and it was your you know, sports entertainment style, but it showed what that can become when it's done perfectly. And like they, like what they started kind of in triple threat matches back then was like pulling off each other's finishers. And just like having Kurt Angle try to do the rock bottom on the rock or like do choke I just, I think that match was incredibly entertaining. I have two honorable mentions of Nick Gage versus uh, Matt Cardona because it's a death match and Matt Cardona sells it so well. He's a WWE superstar being cut open and he's literally there's parts where he's like WTF and just like crying because of stuff and he's covered in blood and then Nick Gage is Nick Gage I would throw in Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson they had a great match that I literally show kids at training to be like this is a perfect match that you should be able to do in six months but if I'm going like this is pro wrestling I think, and like it took me a while because I was like, maybe Brett, uh, Brett Austin, WrestleMania 13. Maybe Rock Austin at WrestleMania 17. That's my go to. But I think I'm going to go with like just wrestling match, Sean and Angle at Mania 21. Because yeah. that is such a low key, two greats. And they had a banger of a match that no one ever really thinks of. Yeah. That is true. Now, when you see someone that's like the perfect version of yourself, like if you like cared about your life, you could possibly still not become. That just happened. <laughs> I get. I guess again, it's subjective. Like you said, you're going obscure. Like when I was thinking obscure, you were talking about Brian Anderson. I already had him in my head, and I was thinking about all the things he was doing. And the match was six out for me when he was in WWE. Was him and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Because he put over Brock when everyone's like, oh, Brock's, you know, uh, suplex, that's all he does. And he put him over. And both of them had a Brock had the best Survivor Series bragging rights matches against the small guys. Balor, AJ yeah. Styles. Right. Those were, because you said Brian put over Brock. It was the other way around. Brock put over the little guys for surviving. He put him over. Yeah. What I meant was he made Brock look good. Yeah. But yes, he put him over. Yes. But Brock's I mean, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah, but if you want to talk big guy versus small guy, like that was, I mean, oh, you guys. with uh, CM Punk at SummerSlam, like Brock did everything he could to make Punk 
believable that he would actually be able to take right. him down. And that's what wrestling is supposed to be. Believable. Yeah. Simulated I mean, combat. talking great wrestlers, there's nobody better than Brian Danielson right now, yeah. in my opinion. So I think that's why that match is sticking out in my head. And that's our, our time, guys, at London Comic Con. Thank you very, very much for, for having us, guys. Thanks for watching us. Go check me out at, at Gilmi Talks on all socials. Go check out my OIW pod, podcast network. And... Brendan, socials, please. At Holden Pro, at Brendan C on things, patreon.com slash Brendan uh, C. And uh, yeah, just enjoy wrestling, live events. Enjoy everything live. And you can read all Dan, Dan's articles at? Oh, it's uh, tmn.news, and you can follow the website at... Um, what is it on Twitter? Oh, I, oh uh, yeah. And also OIW Podcast Network. Thank you, London Comic Con. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you. Woo! Hey, guys. I just want to say thank you for listening all the way through. Go like, share, subscribe. At Gilmi on Gilmi Talks on all the socials, except for Twitter. It's at, at Gilmi. I want you guys to have a fantastic day. It's going to be storming here any second. So that's my day in London on Ontario. I want to once again thank you for London Comic Con for for hosting for having us and I just want to say thank you for everyone listening everyone who shared subscribed and oh and big shout out to uh, Secret Levels podcast go check those guys out because they've been sharing and promoting it so hey man you promote me I will promote you and couple of things just got to get the sponsors out out of the way real real quick if you are in london ontario go check out doing fine kitchens if you want that special gift for that special someone commissions are available right now for christmas time coming up guys at bats in the so go check that out and if you want amazing jewelry from a great great source that's very unique very cool Go check out ghostjewels.com and for 30% off, use that promo code GILMI. I just want to say, everyone who's been a part of these panels, it means so much to me for your time, your energy, everything. And I'm just going, going to keep, on, uh, I'll keep on, on doing these because I'm having fun. And it's an opportunity to promote my show, my friend's work, and also... Go check, go go to Com Comic Cons and check it all out. It's very very cool. I enjoy it, and I think that's what I'm uh, going to be doing. Um, been talking to some guys in the states. Been talking to some guys all over the province, other provinces now. Words getting out that I'm professional, I'm legit, and most importantly, because of you guys talking about it, I'm good. I'm pretty good at these things, and. I'm having a blast doing it. So, a little behind-the-scenes story about the chaos that was this day. I woke up about 7 a.m. I'm like, hey, I got a panel. I got to get get a good night's sleep. Everything's set up. Everything's going well. I look at my phone. My co-host, my friend, is in the hospital. Oh, no. I'm thinking, how is he doing? What's up? 
and I'm just truly worried about my friend. And he's like, hey, I can't make it because of da-da-da. And he does it, and he stepped up. He's in the emergency room texting me everything from this panel. He didn't have to. I didn't ask him to, and he just did it all. And it's thank you, Tom, Tom, for that. Then I know what I wanted to talk about on the panel, but I needed some talking points and some notes in front of me. So I go to print some information off, just list of top heels, list of Canadian wrestlers, this, that, the other thing, and my printer is dead. It blows up on me. It's not working. I don't know. I can't get it to work. My wife can't can't get it to work. It is, it's kind of a, a shit show. So, that's not working. Nothing's working. I'm going insane. I'm stressing out. My lovely wife is going trying to calm me down, but I know I, I, I can do this. So I had the idea what I wanted to talk about because an hour and a half, 90 minutes is a lot of time, guys, a lot of time, time to talk. So I had it pretty much set up in, in my head. So I get, get to the convention. I meet my guys on my panel, Holden Albright, Dan Sinisak, and Ryan Willis, we sit down, we hash it out, what we want to talk about, what we don't don't want to want to talk talk about, and if anybody asks us questions, how to politely shut that down. So we go through everything, write it, write it, write everything down. Once again, thank you guys for being there, being there for me, and we get it done. And this, all the nerves when I'm walking with my crew to go to the panel, vanish. Because I know we got this. We're going to do great. We're going to nail it. And we had a blast for 90 minutes. And everything else that went wrong on that day or was negative or anything just vanished. And I am with some of my best friends on this panel. And it was a great day. I got to hang out hang out with Holden Albright a little bit. He met my, my lovely wife, which is great. And I was absolutely amazed in all all this stuff, how I pulled it off. And a little pat on my back, Barry Horowitz style. But truly, these opportunities are amazing and I'm so happy that they're 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 happening for the OIW Podcast Network and my show Gilmy Talks and why I promote the network over my own show, I don't know. It's I, I, I really believe in it, and I believe in the people in it. And even promoting the genres network, I loved it. Being able to bring attention to my friend's network from the UK, who I am honored to be a part of, absolutely amazing. So go check out, download, check out the genres, everything, guys. John Scott is a great dude, and... He's absolutely killing it over there. Little little clap there for you, bud. So so proud of you. He's turned from a podcaster from the situation I'm in, or where we both started that with just a microphone, a laptop at the table, and now he's like working with Progress Wrestling as their mean gene and getting some of the biggest names in UK wrestling. I'm so proud of that guy. So 
And if you notice, my voice is a little bit off still. I still got 50 stitches in, in my mouth. Oh yeah, did a, did, a, did a panel with 50 stitches in my face. So I'm going to let you go because this is one long show. And you guys have a wonderful day. And if you put your mind to it, guys, remember, you got this. If you do the work, you can do amazing things. Talk to you next time.